So why did the TikToker bring a ladder to the party? To make sure he got the highest number of views. How many TikTokers does it take to change a light bulb? Just one. But they'll need at least 10 takes to get the perfect lighting. Why don't TikTokers go to the gym? Because they're always doing the renegade. Did you hear about the guy who wanted to make a TikTok about his car? He ended up stalling out. Why did the TikToker go to the dentist? Because they had too many sweet moves. Support for the Bid Picture podcast comes from Sesame Care. Find the best price for the highest quality physicians. Book an appointment in minutes for as low as $19. You can find out more in the links in the episode show notes. Hello, my name is Bidemir Logunde and you're listening to episode 211 of the Bid Picture Podcast. On this episode, I'll talk about how geopolitics is intersecting with popular culture and national security as seen in the ongoing issues with TikTok. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. Part 1. The Committee on Foreign Investment in the US. So according to people familiar with the matter, the Biden administration is demanding that TikTok's Chinese owners sell their stakes in the video sharing app or face a possible US ban of the app. So that move represents a major shift in policy on the part of the Biden administration, which has been under fire from some Republicans who say the administration has not taken a tough enough stance to address the perceived security threat from TikTok, which is owned by China-based ByteDance Limited. So the Committee on Foreign Investments in the U.S., also known as CFIUS, which is popularly pronounced as CFIUS, made this sale demand recently. CFIUS is a multi-agency federal task force that oversees national security risks in cross-border investments. TikTok executives have said that 60% of ByteDance shares are owned by global investors, 20% are owned by employees, and 20% are owned by the founders of ByteDance. However, the founders' shares carry outsized voting rights which is common with tech companies. ByteDance was founded in Beijing, China in 2012 by Zhang Yiming, also by ByteDance chief executive Liang Rubo, as well as others. On March 15, TikTok said that a forced sale would not address the perceived security risk and it has pledged to spend 1.5 billion US dollars on a program to safeguard US user data and content from Chinese government access or influence. 
the negotiations with Cepheus over a way to secure TikTok's data have been going on for more than two years and have been at a stalemate for months, with Pentagon and Justice Department representatives on the panel among those supporting a forced sale. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco and other senior U.S. officials are concerned that China's national security law requires Chinese companies to turn over customer data if requested. TikTok says its $1.5 billion security plan would essentially wall off its U.S. operations with all data being stored in the U.S. The plan also calls for giving Oracle, which is an American company, the ability to access the company's algorithmic code and flag issues for government inspectors. Critics have said that plan is not sufficient, saying any Chinese-owned company must comply with demands from the Chinese government if called upon. It was not immediately clear what the next step by the US would be, and the people familiar with the matter say that a resolution could be months away. TikTok's chief executive, Xu Zichu, appeared before the House Energy and Commerce Committee on March 23 to address lawmakers' questions on the security issues. Back in 2020, the Trump administration sought to force a sale of TikTok to U.S. majority ownership based on similar national security concerns. However, that effort ultimately ran aground when TikTok and ByteDance sued to block a proposed federal ban. Both companies argued that the ban would violate a law known as the Brahman Amendment, which exempts cross-border communications from the president's powers to address national security threats through economic sanctions. The Biden administration's move against TikTok could also face a lengthy and bumpy road. The company can argue that any forced sale would amount to a ban because the Chinese government would not allow the TikTok algorithm to be sold along with it. The company also might be able to argue that the move would violate not just the Brahman Amendment, but also the First Amendment. So what is this Brahman Amendment? The Brahman Amendment is a US law allowing the president to block foreign individuals or entities from entering the US if their presence would harm the country's interest. It was passed back in 1987 and named after its sponsor, Congressman Howard Brahman, who was a Democrat from California. Essentially, the Brahman Amendment gives the president the powers to deny entry to people or organizations deemed a threat to national security, foreign policy, or the economy. This can include individuals known to have ties to terrorist organizations or have engaged in human rights abuses. The amendment is meant to protect the U.S. from potential harm and is often used in conjunction with other national security measures. However, it has also been controversial, with some arguing that it can be used to unfairly target certain organizations or group of people. So the move by Cepheus came at the same time that Senate lawmakers were rolling out a legislative proposal that could strengthen the government's legal hand in dealing with perceived threats from foreign-owned software applications. That legislation by Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, who is the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, and Senator John Thune, Republican from South Dakota, who is the Senate Republican whip, 
would require the Commerce Department to set up procedures to mitigate risks and potentially ban foreign technology. So that could lead to a ban in appropriate circumstances for a specific platform or service. The measure was quickly endorsed by Biden administration officials. Support for the Bid Picture podcast comes from Snake River Farms. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or beginner to beef, the pioneers of American Wagyu have got you covered with $25 off your order. Receive $25 off orders of over $149 with code SWAPSRF at Snake River Farms. You can find out more in the links in the episode show notes. Part 2 an escalating tit-for-tat of tech protectionism. So banning products from Chinese hardware companies like Huawei was one thing. The looming possibility of a US ban on TikTok, which is by far China's most popular technology export, is steering this trans-Pacific business battle in a direction that could have an even bigger impact on Chinese software and service companies. It also could accelerate a division of the world's countries into two tech spheres, one allied with the United States and one that accepts and even embraces technology from China. In the not-too-distant future, it could mean that some of the most popular apps among US young people are banned, not just TikTok, but also the video editing hit CapCut, which is owned by the same China-based parent company ByteDance, and the fast-growing shopping apps Shein and Timo. Also at risk are Americans' access to Chinese services such as payment app Alipay and messaging app WeChat. A handful of bills recently proposed in Congress could result in a blanket ban of TikTok. One gaining momentum is known as the Restrict Act, spearheaded by Senator Mark Warner, Democrat from Virginia, and Senator John Thune, Republican from South Dakota. Its sponsors include 10 other senators from both sides of the aisle, and it has already received a hearty welcome from the White House. It would give the executive branch, specifically the Department of Commerce, the ability to ban TikTok if it deems it a threat to national security. TikTok's countermeasures so far don't seem to be faring well. On March 22, it hosted a press conference at the U.S. Capitol featuring more than 20 TikTok personalities intended to convince Congress that banning the app, which has 150 million users in the U.S., would be unpopular. That evening, many of the real influencers in Congress attended a dinner that included about 200 attendees hosted by venture capitalists and other tech leaders focused on the technological threat represented by China. So the following day, March 23rd, in a hearing on Capitol Hill, TikTok chief executive Xu Zichu sought to allay concerns and emphasized that TikTok helps share American culture and connect small businesses to customers. House lawmakers peppered him with skeptical questions and they showed no signs that they were actually assuaged. Those in the US who oppose China's technological inroads are currently focused on TikTok. However, 
given that the Warner Thune bill would give the executive branch the power to ban technology in any of more than a dozen different broad categories from satellites and AI to e-commerce and cloud-based software, its impact is potentially much bigger. So if that bill passes, there are reasons to believe the authority it grants to the U.S. government will be invoked again in the future. The office of Senator Warner signaled a scope broader than TikTok when announcing the legislation he co-sponsored. He said, quote, We need a comprehensive, risk-based approach that proactively tackles sources of potentially dangerous technology before they gain a foothold in America, so we're not playing whack-a-mole and scrambling to catch up once they're already ubiquitous. End quote. During the hearing in Congress, Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers, Republican from Washington State, said, quote, Make no mistake, this committee is looking to the future too. America needs to be prepared to stop the next technological tool or weapon that China will use for its own strategic gain. End quote. TikTok stands out among non-US apps in its popularity and importance to American youth culture. As an influential social media service, critics say it is a potential tool for propaganda and influence in ways that e-commerce apps are not. However, the other key concern about TikTok applies broadly. US critics say that Chinese law requires Chinese companies to give up whatever data the government requests whenever it requests it if it is deemed essential to Chinese national security. A spokeswoman for China's foreign ministry recently denied that her government would collect data in violation of local laws. This same logic could apply to shopping or payments or messaging apps that similarly gather information about users' email addresses, phone numbers, locations, and usage patterns. So apparently, a TikTok ban is not hypothetical. Back in 2020, former President Trump signed an executive order restricting Americans' use of Chinese messaging app WeChat, which led to pushback from corporations and individuals who use the app to conduct business or stay in touch with friends and family members outside the U.S. In his testimony before Congress on March 23rd, TikTok's Mr. Chu repeated his company's assertions that it has never nor would ever share data with the Chinese government. The company's privacy assurances have not been helped by its admission back in December that members of its own audit and risk control department used TikTok to collect data on two U.S. journalists. TikTok said it fired those involved and changed its internal policies to make this kind of monitoring by members of that team impossible in the future. That incident is now the subject of an ongoing investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice. So in the Restrict Act proposed by Senators Warner and Thune, it will be up to U.S. intelligence services to determine whether TikTok and other apps are threats justifying nationwide bans. And given the way U.S. allies tend to follow the lead of U.S. intelligence services, there are reasons to believe that any such bans would be copied by countries worldwide, from Europe and Australia to Japan and the rest of the Americas. 
Of course, China has long banned its people from using many apps from the US and other countries, so there is an argument to be made that a US ban of TikTok would merely be following China's lead in an escalating tit-for-tat of tech protectionism. TikTok has already been banned on government-issued devices in more than 30 US states, the European Union, and Canada. A ban for all users in Montana is advancing through that state's legislature. And in 2020, in what could be a preview of things to come for the US and other nations, India banned more than 100 Chinese apps after deadly border clashes with China in a disputed area of the Himalayas. What happened in India points to broader motivations for banning TikTok. These have less to do with privacy and cybersecurity and more to do with the new Cold War in which the US and China increasingly find themselves. Competition has become as much about economic power and technological superiority as missiles and naval fleets. China's leaders have long pushed the idea that for it to become a wealthier country, it must move beyond being a leader in manufacturing to being a leader in software, services, and artificial intelligence. With 1.8 billion users worldwide, TikTok is an example of what might be possible for a Chinese tech service in the global market. Support for the Bid Picture podcast comes from Softer. Softer lets you stop waiting for developers so that you can build software without devs. Blazingly fast. It is trusted by over 100,000 teams worldwide. You can find out more in the links in the episode show notes. Part 3. Embroidery. So the concern around TikTok in Washington, D.C. is drawing fresh attention to how Chinese apps have woven themselves into the fabric of young Americans' lives and what makes them so popular. Four out of the five trending apps in the U.S. in March were made in China, and algorithms are often cited as their secret sauce. An often overlooked feature is how ruthless competition for Chinese users in China has given Chinese firms a leg up over their Western rivals. Much like during China's rise to manufacturing dominance a few decades ago, Chinese tech companies have harnessed a labor pool of affordable talent to constantly fine-tune product features. The non-stop drive to get better even has a time in China's tech industry, embroidery which basically means that every company works on improving their craft stitch by stitch. Seven-month-old app Timo was the most downloaded app across U.S. app stores during the first three weeks of March, according to market insights from Sensor Tower. It was followed by TikTok's video editing partner app CapCut and then TikTok itself. Fast fashion retailer Shein came in fourth. Facebook, which is the only non-Chinese app, came in fifth among the top five. One illustration of how immersed American consumers are in an app ecosystem created by Chinese companies can be seen when searching for hashtags Timu Hall or hashtag Shein Hall. 
Gen Z shoppers have taken to display the result of their shopping sprees in TikTok videos with captions such as quote, $50 worth of very random items on Timo, end quote. The apps came from companies founded by a younger generation of tech entrepreneurs looking for global growth as China's firewalled markets become saturated. They are backed by China's vast pool of tech talents. So while Timu is a shopping site, more than half of its workforce are engineers focused on getting people to swipe and buy. Investors, engineers, and analysts say that Chinese internet companies' organizational efficiency is overlooked by their American competitors. Chinese firms spend lavishly to push their apps in the U.S. They leverage China's 1 billion internet users to test user preferences and optimize their artificial intelligence models at home and then export the technology overseas. The popularity of the apps has gotten them caught in the crossfire of US-China geopolitical tension, especially TikTok. The Biden administration has threatened a possible ban on the app if ByteDance does not sell its stakes in TikTok, citing national security concerns. On March 23, US lawmakers pummeled TikTok's chief executive, Xu Zichu, about China's potential influence over the app. China has opposed a TikTok sale and said it would never require companies to illegally gather data from overseas. Meanwhile, a bill gaining momentum in Washington could result in a blanket ban of broad categories of Chinese technology, including American teenagers' favorite apps, if it is passed. Both Xin and Timu have sought to avoid the kind of scrutiny TikTok has come under by attempting to mark a distance from their Chinese roots. Back in 2021, Xin changed its parent company from a Hong Kong registered firm to a Singapore incorporated entity. Timu is based in Boston, Massachusetts and runs its US business through a Delaware based company. Xi'an, with a supply chain rooted in southern China's Guangdong province, was until recently the top-ranked shopping app in the U.S., according to Sensor Tower. Arriving in the U.S. just in time for last year's holiday shopping season, Timu raked in 13 million downloads in the fourth quarter, more than double that of Xi'an. Like Xi'an, Timu connects bargain hunters in the U.S. with China's manufacturers, offering low prices by cutting out the middleman. Both companies use data to drive every single decision. Former ByteDance engineers say ByteDance is one of the most aggressive in executing a strategy known within the industry as horse racing, where multiple teams are assigned to build the same product or feature with slight variations. Once it becomes clear which version is performing better, the winning team is given more resources while the other versions are scrapped. ByteDance product managers and engineers also say the company has standardized protocols, systems, and detailed metrics to assess what users like, which help it roll out new updates in a matter of days. TikTok's signature single-column scroll, for example, was a design it settled on after creating several user interfaces, including a two-column version similar to Instagram's Explore tab. Behind the rootless testing, reiterations and surveys for user feedback are long hours 
clocked by tech workers who can get paid several additional months of salary in bonuses based on their performance and output. In particular, Timu's parent company, PDD, is known in the industry for demanding hours. PDD has said its 2022 research and development investment jumped 15% from a year earlier, with much of it going to luring talent. PDD's quarterly sales and marketing expenses often exceeded its revenue between 2017 and 2020 when active buyers on Timu's Chinese sister platform, Pinduoduo, more than tripled from $244.8 million to $788.4 million. The company, which makes money primarily from advertising, first turned a profit after it went public in the second quarter of 2021. Timu, like Pinduoduo and Shein, liberally doles out coupons and other incentives for downloading its app, hoping users will talk up the apps in their social networks. Marketing campaigns for Timu attempt to reach potential buyers in almost every channel, from Facebook banners to targeted emails. In February, Timu aired its first Super Bowl commercial. Industry players say a push to dominate advertising is standard practice in China to win customers. When Chinese companies see an opportunity, they are more willing to buy traffic at a much earlier stage and on a much bigger scale than their US counterparts. Chinese companies' attempts to expand internationally haven't always had runaway success. Alibaba's international online marketplace, AliExpress, has been around for 13 years but is far from a household name in the US. Likewise, the first product ByteDance tried to push overseas, a news aggregator named TopBuzz, was a flop. The company later wound down the business. So to wrap up, on this episode, I talked about how geopolitics is intersecting with popular culture and national security, as seen in the ongoing issues with TikTok. So that's all I have for this episode 211 of the Bid Picture Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bid Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Gorski. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Abidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurities, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at BDME. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.